What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bounty Board, your favorite video game podcast. Coming at you E3 week, just post E3. This is going to be going up on Thursday, June 17th, and then the next one will be coming out uh, tomorrow, June 18th, um, as well as one on Saturday. We're going to have a fun Saturday episode as well, a little short one. These uh, podcasts are actually me taking the interviews, the videos that I put together and put out on YouTube back on Wednesday, back on Tuesday, taking those videos and just putting them into the podcast feed so those of you who don't have time to sit down and watch videos can sit down and listen to the interviews I did with these teams. So the first episode that we're going to do right now that's going to come up right after this intro is going to be my interview with the teams that did Anuchard and Monster Outbreak. Anuchard is a city rebuilding adventure RPG that has dungeon crawlery elements, and when you get into combat, it feels a little bit like Hades and those like brawler slashers that have been coming out. You swing a staff with a bell on the end of it. Your character's called the Bell Wielder. And your job is to go into these dungeons and find lost souls, lost spirits, kind of bring them back to town, reanimate them with the bell, which if you're a uh, McElroy brother fan and like Adventure Zone, the Animus bell almost, bring them back to town, reanimate them with the bell, and then they build out the town that you are rebuilding. And you're also like reconnecting continents as you're doing all this. So Anachart is really cool. Monster Outbreak is a Stardew Valley kind of inspired uh, top-down, isometric-ish pixel art uh, monster hunting, monster fighting game. So you 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 go around and knock down trees and break up rocks and cut down grass to get crafting materials, and then you build defenses and walls and crafting tables and, and cooking pots and things like this so you can craft, like, weapons, more traps, food, things like that. And your goal is to go through this big map. The demo that I got hands-on with and got to play is only a couple of levels because they have Obviously, all these things are in development, um, I should say. Should have said ahead of time. All these things are in development. Their plan is to have uh, like a 30-hour-ish game where you get to run around all of these areas in the map and try and find these six pieces or these six stones that can combine and close or like eliminate the, the, the stone that has opened up these rifts that are allowing monsters to pour into the world of men. It's very interesting. So the, the first interview is with actually a member of the the Freedom Games team. That's the team that organized all of this and gave me press access to all these things. Uh, he's filling in for the developers who are in Malaysia who could not possibly be up at that time for everybody to interview. There may be a chance in the future that I am able to reach out to them and get them actually on. Again, timing, organizing, people that are way past the international dateline trying to figure that shit out. And then the second one, the second interview is with uh adriano sorry my brain turned off for a second second interviews with adriano who's part of the game munchers team that's making monster outbreak uh, i believe i have that right my brain is mush forgive me so like i said this is this first episode it's gonna be both of these interviews back to back there'll be a little intro of me talking about what it is and then the interview with them and then i'll break uh play a little music cue and go right into the second one again with me introing the game just a little bit more and uh Actually, I'm not going to intro the game because I just intro the game for you guys here. So that's what we'll do. We'll play the first interview. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm producing. I'm thinking as I'm recording. It's great. You should enjoy this. Anyway, we're gonna like I said, we're gonna play Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. I'm dumb. We're gonna play Anuchard first. Excuse me. Let me calm down. We do Anuchard first. Uh, there'll be a little musical cue to let you know that it splits, and then we'll have Monster Outbreak right after that. 
Come back tomorrow. We're going to do our episode with Coromon, which is a monster tamer, like Pokemon, and Ruin Raiders, which is an ice uh, turn-based strategy game, dungeon crawler, uh, roguelike, roguelite, that is also really cool. Come back tomorrow for those. And then Saturday morning, we'll have what was probably my favorite of the showcase from Freedom Games that I got to get hands-on with, the Sands of Aura team, Chashu Entertainment. They are some super cool dudes but like i said check this one out today tomorrow come back for koromon and ruin raiders and then come back on saturday morning for sansa ara and then after that who knows i keep getting codes for games and i keep trying to figure out what i'm going to do with all my time and all of the time i need to put into these things so just keep your eyes peeled for more stuff coming out from here uh like i said check out the youtube these videos are up and i will catch you guys tomorrow peace all right how are you doing today not too bad how about yourself Doing all right. Uh, TJF. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sure that it's been a, a busy and stressful week. It's definitely been busy. Um, so, you know, just uh, as you can see, we're demoing a, a lot of different games. So, um, yeah. but it's been a, a good kind of busy. It's it's really exciting to be able to show everything off. And, um, you know, our developers have been working so hard on all these projects. So, um it's been great to kind of uh, have this this peak and all this excitement around it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like a double-edged sword. It's super fun to be doing it and also super stressful to lead up to it and very tiring while doing it. But it's all good. It's a net positive always. Yeah. It's just, well, it's, it's like it's, it's like every E3, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, except at least I don't have to be in Los Angeles. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm a little sad that I can't be in Los Angeles, but more happy that I'm able to be at home. So, yeah, I miss out on seeing friends. That's it's been really rough for like whatever 18 months now that I haven't yeah. gotten to see anyone. Um, yeah. But yeah. Ho hopefully soon. Yeah. And who knows what you know, the fall, like there's a, supposed to be a couple of things in fall and game awards is going to be in person again. So maybe we're really close to being back to normal or at least some here's hoping, <laughs> right? Oh, I like your setup. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Um, I just started my stream up. Oh, you did. Um, which by the way, um, let me, oh, let me turn your volume up just a little bit. Uh, by the way, uh, my name is Benjamin. I'm the director of publishing here at freedom games. All right, um, I'm Caleb. If you didn't, my name's Caleb Sawyer. <clears throat> Great to meet you, Caleb. Um, yeah, so hopefully it's not too much of a letdown. I, I am not Rico Lemba, <laughs> the lead de developer of Anachard. Um, sure. I'm sure Rico it won't be and a his team. Yeah, well, you know, you you book to see the developer, and I I'm not the developer. Um, <laughs> sure. Rico and his team are based in Indonesia, so it's something like three in the morning for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm here. I've been helping him out with all this, with the demos this week. So um, I will be here uh, helping take you through um, the Anachar demo. Sweet. Can you see the title screen now? I can, yes. Awesome. Then uh, without further ado, welcome to the world of Anachar. Uh, yeah. Anachar is an action-adventure RPG, um, really uh, kind of retro-inspired really built um the guys love the classic quintet games um so they're like core inspiration you'll see a lot of dna from you know ps1 snes era yeah. games I and mean, you can tell right off just looking at it 
Um, yeah. And uh, if you're a fan of Legend of Mana, which I know I am, yeah. Um, you'll see you'll see a lot of visual inspiration from that. The combination of painted backgrounds, pixel art characters, and modern um, uh, particle effects, right. um, really calls back to to that kind of um, uh, art style. Yeah, it's a cool mix. It's a cool mix. I love when like. I was talking about this in my last uh, call. Is that like, as time progresses, you have all these people that were inspired by all these games they played on PS One and NES and Super NES and all these things. But like now we can do those, and on top of it, add like more modern effects and technology to them. So it's interesting to see these games with this retro style doing like modern stuff. It's I love it. It's one of my favorite things. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about the story so far. Um, the game is set in Anachard. It's this island, um, which Anachard was once a um, kind of uh, bustling utopian society, a series of islands, um, and uh, kind of protected and, and looked after by the, the five guardians. Um, unfortunately, long ago, the guardians turned their back on Anachard, and um, the civilization sort of fell to ruin. So that's where we really are today is... Um, in the village of Anachard, it's very small. Um, there are not a lot of people. It's relatively low tech. Um, and uh, you could tell that the villagers don't really have the guardians in super high regard these days. Um, and so the story starts with our main character who uh, interacts with um, the bell here and um, is sort of connected with this uh, mysterious mythical weapon, the bell, uh, the uh, Adros bell. Um, and by taking it up, becomes the takes on the role of bell wielder, which is sort of a you know ancient uh, uh, role um, connected to um, kind of the magic of Anachard and and the guardians. And so the game really revolves around uh, going into the dungeon um, to help retrieve the souls of townspeople who have ventured in looking for resources to help build the city, but um, no one ever comes out. Uh, they end up appearing here as as stone statues. Hmm. Um, and over time, um, you will help reawaken the guardians and bring them back, um, and kind of improve the Anachar to bring it back to uh, some of its former glory. Sure. So um, we're really excited to be able to announce as our big E3 announcement is in addition to coming to PC and Steam, um, Anachar through the um, Microsoft Xbox's uh, diversity fund, uh, they've helped, um, and we are also going to be able to bring uh, Anachard to Xbox. Awesome. Um, and that'll all be coming in quarter one of next year. Nice. Um, so, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just said that's really great. Um, so one of the first uh, dungeons that's already been done in this demo, um, we rescued, this is our, our cook. Um, and so this is kind of a key mechanic for um, weapons and stat upgrades. So you'll unlock a bunch of different ingredients, and every different combination will cook a different type of food. Uh, so I'll let you decide. Do you want me to put the cabbage in first or the potato? Uh, potato. All right. So put the potato in first, and uh, that's going to give me an air spinner um, attack on my weapon. All right. And we'll add the cabbage, and that's going to give me uh, a health bonus Okay. to my stats. So go ahead and cook that up um and they wanted to create a, a kind of a, a process here that had no ui so you kind of physically pick up the ingredients and huck them in the cauldron yeah sure 
Man, I love um, all, I love food art in games. It's the best. Uh, the food art in this game all looks so delicious. <laughs> um, a lot of it's based on Indonesian and Southeast Asian cuisines. There's True. all kinds of really interesting stuff in there. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so that's a great way to help get um, prepared for each dungeon. Um, so it'll last me through this entire dungeon uh, encounter, and um, the next dungeon I'll be able to make something else. So nice. here's my air spinner attack. Um, okay. Put that to good use in the dungeon. Um, another NPC that we've unlocked, it's a pretty early game, um, is the Lumberjack NPC. Um, and uh, this is just a placeholder, this UI. Um, the game is still in development. The sure. guys have spent a couple years doing pre-production and then have been in production for about five or six months now. Um, so this will be the upgrade system. You can use these different resources that you find uh, in the dungeon. <clears throat> To unlock both, um, like this is kind of a combat, like an upgrade ability, um, and this is unlocking a new ingredient. Uh, in this case, I'm going to go ahead and unlock the Essence Extractor ability. Nice. And, uh, to this. You can also see here kind of a hint of um, how the game progresses with unlocking kind of these different continents that will become reattached um, to the island. Yeah, it's really interesting. So it's not um, just like saving people and helping rebuild but also like reconnecting the, yeah the, exactly the that's that's yeah. really one of the core themes um so um and we'll, i'll talk a little bit more about that too um so here's a, a just an interesting little system the guys talk about how um when they were playing right that you'd play an rpg for a while um and they're big fans of like soul blazer terranigma stuff like that um, that maybe you set it down for a while and then you come back to it and you're kind of like, oh, geez, what the heck is happening? Uh, where right. are we? What's, right? So yeah. they built this, they, built, they really wanted to build a bulletin board system that they can use to kind of talk about what's been happening or what's happened so far. This is also where some of the side quests that are in development will um, spring from. Um, and then there's also some information about the missing persons, um, which is pretty central, like I said, to kind of the loop of going into the dungeon to retrieve these souls to bring sure. back NPCs. Nice. So one of the powers unlocked by uh, being the bell wielder is you'll see these disembodied voices, um, Mag, Bimba, and Dolly, um, who are sort of the bell spirits. Um, and you'll notice that a lot of kind of exposition comes from them. They're kind of connected to the deep ancient magic, um, and they're really a vehicle to help kind of uh, bring the player along and, and learn more and more about um, the magic of Anuchard. Bon Bon, the animal herder, is telling us about how there used to be all kinds of different animals, and now there are just these chickens. Um, but one of his chickens is missing. It's uh, wandered off, perhaps into the dungeon. So um, we'll keep an eye out and see if we can't uh, help him out, do something there. Nice. I love the art style of this game. Isn't it beautiful? It looks I, great. I love it. Um, so here's a great... This We're going to head into the dungeon. This is a great example of those modern particle effects over um the kind of hand-drawn backgrounds and this is still a um this is not a fully finished background sure and so the bell which is kind of uh is obviously very central to everything so you'll notice that it really is kind of a center point in almost every system in the game sure spirits finding some commentary about the dungeon 
here's one of those resources. So we'll collect those as we go through the dungeon so that we can, uh, you know, buy more upgrades. Uh, so they're talking a little bit about the dungeon and how it's shaping itself to um, kind of fit the soul that currently. So what we use we used something called a. Um, uh, wow, the word is escaping me. Uh, like a trinket associated with the person um, sure. to sort of attune with the particular dungeon that they're stuck in. Um, and so they're talking about how the longer they're trapped in the dungeon, the dungeon sometimes adapts to them and their personality um, also makes the dungeon more dangerous. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that um, Rico likes to talk about is how in Anachar there is no big bad evil guy. So there's, uh, unlike some of the other RPGs where you've got your Kefkas and Sephiroths, um, sure. Anachard, they really wanted to put the, ouch, um, ow, stop it. <laughs> um, they really wanted to put the, the humanity at the center of the story. And so sure. now that you've, uh, sort of claimed the power of the bell, um, the villagers, you know, everyone's sort of clamoring to have this person brought back and that person brought back and um you know you'll bring more development and more resources to the town um but all of that human progress uh human progression um comes with you know consequence um and so that really becomes kind of a key element in the story and um progression in anachard interesting what kind of uh consequences do they have like in mind when when these kinds of things take place you know that's a great question that no one has asked before so i don't have a great answer for that okay um i have always imagined it to mean stuff like you know maybe overcrowding right like if you all of a sudden bring a lot of people back um to a town that's not ready to support them or just like the real world right i think uh, right we yeah, uh, invented sure. social media but like not necessarily a wholly positive effect on every aspect of our lives yeah. so i think that maybe different technologies could maybe have unexpected um like negative impacts in places you may not have looked yeah so sure. that's just my own kind of personal interpretation i I'm, sure. i can't really speak of, uh as the developer on i can't really speak as the developer on that particular part Sure. But it's like I said, that's a great question. I've I've never actually delved uh that deep into it. It's a it's an interesting uh like potential to to have to like maybe not even worry about, but just kind of like plan for that makes, you know, progressing interesting. I like it. Yeah, and I mean, this kind of calls back to some of these other RPG uh, RPGs where there's really a central town that you're sort of rebuilding and expanding over the course of the game. Um and that's really what they they're really kind of really devoted to this vision of creating a compact uh, action adventure RPG um, that that kind of reminds people of some of these classic games that they love so much. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you saw, this is kind of another classic dungeon feature, uh, you know, sort of these invisible passages. Yep. Um, in that case, we were rewarded with a little hologram. And the holograms kind of tell the story of the person as they came into the dungeon and got trapped here and what happened to them. Um, another resource uh so let's talk about the combat system a little bit you've probably noticed um there are a couple different oh ow um types of attack they're really just two types of attacks again kind of wanting to keep to a like minimalist theme a little bit of inspiration from like hyperlight drifter if you've played yep. that yep 100%. um there are really two attack types there's the um 
my three my little three attack combo, which right now you'll notice isn't doing any damage. And then mm. there's a heavy attack, which if you don't connect with an enemy, the heavy attack sort of becomes this dodge roll. Ow. Oh, I'm getting my butt kicked. Um, if you do connect with an enemy, then it's going to send them flying. Um, and if they hit the wall, um, that'll do pretty good amount of extra damage. Yeah, break damage is cool. I like that. Something else you'll notice is these enemies that have a number and an icon, these are different types of armor. Um, this is a mechanic that they use to kind of continually spice up and keep the game fresh. So this particular type of armor is uh, explosion armor. So, oops, I wanted to hit the tree, but I missed. Let's see if I can still hit it. Um, so you'll notice that uh, when we broke the armor, it caused that kind of explosion of projectiles. Yeah, sure. Um, and we'll see some other armor types as we continue into the dungeon, and I'll, I'll make sure to call those out. But, um, you know, it adds to thinking about, you know, hitting multiple enemies. Or, like, when I do that, I want to make sure I've got room to dodge. So um, kind of keeps the very physical, um, you know, um, as kinetic aspect of the combat, yeah. um, which is really central to, to Anachard. Yeah, it really feels like uh, you brought up Hyperlight Drifter, and that was the first thing I thought of watching the trailer, is that, like, it has that that character and it's like movement and in its attacks that I really liked from that game as well. Um, another pretty key aspect of the classic dungeons is some of these puzzles. In this case, they went, they really um, are kinetic puzzles. Um, again, all based around these key core. Whoops. Uh -oh. Oh, 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 no. Ah. Whoops. All right. I screwed that one up. <laughs> um, all based around these. Whoops. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. Sometimes I do really great at these puzzles. Other times I do really not so great. There we go. Nice. Well done. Um, so in this particular dungeon, um, there are these sort of uh, pinball puzzles almost. Um, and each dungeon kind of has its own gimmicks um, and, you know, methods um, for the puzzles. And they get a bit more complex as the game progresses. Um, each dungeon is meant to be about... Whoops. All right. We're encountering a little bug. We've already fixed this bug, but uh, we haven't pushed it to this build. So please sure. uh, pretend you're not seeing this pickup stuck to me. Seeing what? Exactly. <laughs> um, I do know how to resolve it, though. Um, so that was another example of kind of a little optional area that you don't have to take to um, you know, complete the dungeon, but it does provide some of those extra resources. Sure. Gotta love the... Gotta love rewarding players for looking a little bit deeper or a little more thoroughly. It's very good. Yeah, or having the patience to do that puzzle over and over again. <laughs> sure. You think after doing 50 of these demos this week, I'd be able to really nail it, but... Hey, man, sometimes sometimes the it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, Yeah, I will say something that I've, I've really learned about the game and playing it so much this week is... Um, even having played the same dungeon like a bunch of times, like the combat remains like it is so satisfying to smack everything into the walls like that. Like, yeah, there we go. Nice. Right, so we've got some of that special currency. Um, and we're able to kind of move on. It makes a lot of sense that you're like swinging and knocking enemies into walls, being that your weapon is like a giant bell on the end of a hole like it would it would it would feel weird if that's not what you were doing i think like if you weren't hitting things and sending them flying it'd be like but i'm but it's a big weighty bell so 
Yeah, and in some of the initial concept art, um, when they were kind of in pre, whoops, they were like in pre-production. Um, they knew they wanted some kind of heavy weapon, and so they they originally prototyped with like hammers and things like that. Um, and ultimately, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> One or two pixels off. Um, it's harder to do when I'm talking and playing at the same time. It's oh, jeez, come on. There oh, we go. It made that work though. It's a great example of how there are multiple ways to solve the puzzle. Sure. Every once in a while, I'll, in every every once in a while, in these demos, I will solve a puzzle in a new and exciting way. <laughs> oh, did that? Nope. Almost. This is interesting though. I dig the. It's pretty unique. Hitting. So there's one game that came out. Um, oh my God, was that two years ago? That can't be two years ago. It had to be last year. There's a game that came out called. Um, Creature in the Well, that was a like dungeon crawler that was mixed with like a pinball game where you ran around and swung like a thing that would charge most of light and then you'd hit them around all these bumpers and things. Uh, and it was one of the most unique like takes on just like dungeon crawling. And this being a means now of like solving puzzles in here is really, really cool. All right, let's see if I can get this other optional area. Oh, no. Oh, Ooh, okay. Still got it. Well done. Nice. And what are those crystals and the, the currency they give you do? Just for like, um, those are for things? that on un that unlock menu um, that we saw earlier. And each biome will have its own associated currency. Sure. Okay. Uh, so here we have another kind of um, armor, um, which um, this particular type of armor is called, shoot, I can't remember the name. I always want to call it multiplication armor. We'll call it multiplication armor. Basically, uh, it means that when I uh, break this guy's armor, it's going to actually bring another monster into the combat. Interesting. Um, and so that'll become tactically important, especially in the next fight with the mini boss um because you can end up getting overwhelmed if you if you target that armor first you're gonna end up with a lot of enemies on yeah, field sure, um, yeah. that could be really difficult you have to like um, handle them one at a time almost or last so that they can interesting yeah kind of related to you know being overwhelmed by a lot of enemies um one of the uh one of the kind of sticks in one of the later dungeons is around dice um, where you kind of bash the dice, and depending on what it lands on, is like the number of enemies that respond. Um, okay. So they're experimenting with that. Yeah. Uh, here you see a very classic kind of Nintendo technique of um, <laughs> pointing it. players towards um, hidden secrets. This one's a little bit obvious since this is a really early game dungeon. Sure. Um, but we're rewarded with uh, another area with some currency to grab. And. Oh, this time it's a hologram of uh, Cook, the missing chicken. So yep. we have a chance to rescue another NPC soul. And uh, we'll be able to bring this back and perform the soul retrieval ritual. Um, and then Cook will become an NPC in the town um, that you know, may play a role in, in a different story or um, unlock dialogue or, or even serve a, a particular feature. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're kind of 
Not not kind of. You're going through and repopulating the town and reconnecting the world and trying to like and as you do it, all of these things are kinda impacting what you're able to do in between uh dungeon crawls, it looks like. Um so before I run in here, uh, I just wanna I'm gonna narrate a little bit so that you'll see it happen because it's gonna happen very quickly in combat. Sure. Um, the healing mechanic, I'm not going to do it now because I, I want to save it for the boss. You see this green stripe in the upper left is the essence. Those are the little crystals I've been collecting. Sure. So they didn't want to have like a healing potion mechanic or like a pickup. Um, so in this case, you'll you'll see when I use it that it summons a sort of beacon that will heal me over time. Um, and that's something that's also up. This is the basic version. And over time, it will also be upgradable, um, may become like it provides also a shield or it may also become like a sentry gun shooting enemies that are nearby. Sure. Um, so, yes, so, uh, they're telling me it's a wide room, obviously dangerous. We all know what that means. Um, yeah. <laughs> ouch. So I see that that boss has two stacks of the um, multiplication. That multiplication armor. Yeah. So I'm going to try to avoid triggering those until I take out these little guys. Are there any uh, enemies that interact with each other when you send them careening into a wall? Um, not really. You can definitely hit multiple enemies at once. And, um, you'll see that if I hit... Oh, I'll say it. Do that first. Oops. Um, once I break his armor... Oops. Ouch, dude. And he summons these really annoying ranged monsters. Um, so if I hit him up into those, uh, jars, I can right. do extra damage. Um, so you can use kind of environmental stuff like that to your benefit. Nice, yeah, so you can hit them into things. Uh, and there's my healing beacon, which I turned out not to really need. Nice. And uh, we're treated to a very classic heroic dungeon pose. Of course, of course. One must. And so this is a pretty early game dungeon. Um, like Bastion and games uh, similar, um, they wanted to design something that was a little bit more compact and approachable. So the dungeons are designed to be about 20, 30 minutes. They get a little bit longer, maybe more like 40 minutes later in the game. Um, but they wanted them to kind of be relatively compact. The game as a whole is also fairly compact. It's probably about 10 to 15 hours if you were to kind of just blow through it. Sure. It's kind of nice, in my opinion, having games that don't take, you know, 60, 100 hours to get through, but a good yeah, I don't, 10 to I don't 15. have time to play 60 80 100 hour games that much anymore no i can play like one uh or two a year and outside of that i've got to fill it fill up my time with little more quick things that i can run through this is one of those it seems so now that we've rest uh kind of beaten this dungeon and uh retrieved the soul we're gonna um, kind of get kicked back here to the entrance of the dungeon in the village sure and uh, you'll see that it's now nighttime. They have this nice day and night cycle just to kind of give some variation to the, the art. Um, we're greeted by a couple um, townspeople. And uh, Lembasun is um, telling us he's going to gather everyone together for the soul retrieval ritual. And we'll be able to bring uh, Ramu back. Yeah, this style's great. I know I've said that already, but it's really good. It's the really good art style. 
Yeah, if you have a chance to like go back and check out like their um some of their old tweets and stuff, their concept art is amazing. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things to look at too. I will definitely. And now Now uh, we'll get to see the sort of tearful reunion. And of course, since the characters, the art style, the characters don't have faces, um, you'll see a lot of these sort of emojis to uh, help yeah. kind of explain how people are feeling. I like it. I like it. Faces that small are already 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 have to be so like stylized and kind of like vague that making them blank is a it looks cool and b i think is a good like time good for your time doing it and it's, it's a dope style choice i like it a lot um so that's the end of uh the demo that we have prepared today um my video on now um so yeah any other questions um, you said that the, I think you gave me all the information I need. You said they were in pre-pro for a couple of years and they've been in production for about five, six months. Um, and the date again is like Q1 ish, 2022. Um, not ish Q1. Q1. Okay, cool. Uh, other than that, uh, how can people follow them and find them on Twitter? What's the, What's the best oh, way? Yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, we mostly use the um, developers uh, account, which is uh, Stellar Null, it's the development team. Um, also, it's obviously a huge help that if you love the game, you think it looks cool, please wishlist and follow us on Steam. Um, that's obviously, of course, one of the biggest things you can do to help us out. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, tell your friends. You know, that's, we, I think this game is really special and uh, I'm excited to get it out into the world. Yeah, I think it looks great and I'm excited for it. I just have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be able to do it. I see you also are a uh Oh yeah. Male a male polish. A male oh I've never heard that. That's genius. And yes. Yes, I do. I I uh, I, don't, I have a four year old. I don't know if you daughter. can see it here in the in the edge of my camera screen, but I have uh Nice. Yeah. I, I started it at the start of quarant at the start of uh lockdown and kinda got sucked into it. Yeah, I started at the beginning of this year. Uh I have a four year old and she painted them once and I used to do it in high school and was like, oh, yeah, I could just do this again. So I went and bought a couple of bottles of my own. And uh, now she, like, will check on me. It's the worst. She'll, like, judge and grade my job. She's <laughs> like, that looks bad. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I didn't. I've only done this for a few months. Yeah, it was a good creative outlet during uh, during all the time just spent here. And I would just, as soon as they got chipped at all, I would just take it all off and redo them. I was doing them like every two or three days at the start. <laughs> sure. Now, now I can keep them on for like a full week, no problem. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm still bad about chipping them, but I'm also not used to. It was also a, a motivation for me to stop chewing my nails. Because I did That's, that. For I think years. that helps a lot of people. Yep. My number one recommendation for chipping is to use really nice quick dry top coat. Oh. All right. Rides puts on like a really nice, like kind of glassy, um, protective layer. Sure, sure. So that's yeah. my it's my nail polish tip for the day. Thanks, I appreciate <laughs> it. I did not expect it, but completely welcome it. Well, so, thanks. All uh, right. Well, um, yeah. Thanks for taking the time, man. 
yeah, my pleasure. And um, I hope you have a great rest of the day. I don't, do you have any other demos with us? Or? Um, I've got one more at 6.30. My 7 o'clock with... Um, what's the dog one? Oh, to the Rescue? Yeah, my 7 o'clock with To the Rescue got canceled, which... Sorry okay. about that. Yeah, we had uh, they had something come up, and they um, had to cancel some of their appointments. I saw, I saw. That's fine. Um, I'll but um, re- I'll reach out. To I them assume. Did you still them. get a key for it to do? I did. Yeah. So you could definitely feel free to to check it out, and uh, yeah. if you have any like questions for them, you can feel free to pass those along, and we can probably we should be able to um, sure get some answers sent back to you. Sure. So that's what I was gonna do. Figured I'd be able to like put together at least something written and a little video of myself doing something. If not something with them, uh, but then I've got Sands of Aura at six thirty. So yeah, yeah, that's a good that one. one. Looks great. I'm excited. Cool. Well, just let us know if you need anything else. Uh, you should have all the materials from PR. Don't forget the embargo until after our showcase. Of course, um, of course. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day and and E3. All right. Thanks. You too, man. Take it easy. Bye, man. But then later on, I'm down the road. I said to myself. I'm done with managing servers, focusing on server stability and all that stuff. I wanted to just make a very nice quality single player game that people will love. Sure. And that's where this game came came through. Awesome. Yeah, this game is more inspired from the whole... So, did you ever play Call of Duty Nazi Zombies? Yeah. So I love the aspect of just having friends over, playing waves of monsters with your friends. True. And I like bonding off games. So like that's what was fun for me. And that's kind of the idea where I got from this game. It was a game where you could just survive through waves of monsters and just play with friends and have a yeah. good time. Yeah, that's dope. Um, what did you... So like it has a pretty distinct visual style that I think fits into like a genre of mm-hmm. of indies. What uh, was your motivation to use that this style? Um, I want to say Stardew Valley was beautiful. I, I love the way they made a pixelated game and it was a very high quality pixelated game yeah I, I love that like our trees when they fall it was we kind of honestly used that as reference we looked at it started evaluating oh that looks good we should do something like that yeah for sure so, i noticed that i noticed that i like it a lot yeah right yeah. thank you so as you can see like we have comic book cutscenes and then we have in-game cutscenes the comic book cutscenes more talk about the in-depth part of the story and when in-game cutscenes are more just dialogue in the game sure and like stardew valley if you play the game, you notice that the pixel art is very like high quality. Even though it's a pixelated game, we try to make sure the environment feels as as, as alive as possible. Because sure. coming from MMO background, I don't like feeling restricted. I don't like going to an area and being like, why can't I go there? There's, like, I hate I hated when I played games and they're just I couldn't go in a certain area, and there's no reason why. You know, they didn't tell me why. Just I couldn't go there. Yeah, there's I felt so invisible rest- wall or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hated that. Yeah. Here, you know what? There's a wait. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm having a bug right now. Give me a sec. Let me restart it. You're good. You're good. Here, let me try this. So, there's this rare bug that happens where, see this text box? It didn't pop up. Yeah. It doesn't pop up. It's it's really we're gonna we're trying to pinpoint how it happened. But. <laughs> yeah, bug crushing is uh, yeah. <laughs> a pain. You gotta like, how is this happening? Where is it happening? The reason why this bug is a pain is because it only happens once every like seventy tries. Sure. So it's like it's so hard to pinpoint because we're so early in the game <laughs> development. 
yeah. process. It's like we just found it. I found it out while I was testing with media people. So it's like we don't have the time to like figure out small bugs like that. Are just such a pain. Yeah, yeah. It's always the but, the like stressful part is when you get ready to show it to a bunch of people, and you know that there's yeah. a few things, but you can't quite find them to shut them down. That you're like, yeah, it's, eh, let's just hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't happened today except for right now. So yay. But yeah, I'm a good luck charm. What, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so back to what I was saying. So you really focused on like the small things, like as you can see, like we have a wind everything blows in the wind like all the the grass you can even you can even gather the grass mm -hmm. we have birds that you can run at and they fly away we have the the frogs everything we try to make it very like the environment feel very alive even with the water reflections and stuff yeah yeah it looks it looks okay. really good there's a couple of things that like i remember playing stardew valley uh and really enjoying its aesthetic but there are a couple of things that i wished and one of those was that like Things just moved a little bit more. A lot of that game's static, which yeah. is which is fine. Like I don't think that it makes the game look bad. But I one of the first things I noticed hopping in this is that like everything's constantly moving, and not everything in like a neurotic sense, but everything in that like yeah. you can see the yeah the wind and the grass, the trees kind of shake, the grass is all moving. It's yeah. very nice. And we made it so everything. So even like the stumps, you could gather the stumps. Yep, I so everything too. <laughs> very live. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I didn't want to be. Sorry, talk. Oh, you're good. Um, the uh, the like base building and like tower defense element. Um, why? Uh, what was my question? Sorry. Like what? Uh, <laughs> what motivated you to build out in that way instead of just like regular like dungeon crawling or or like zone clearing? So just talk about the building mechanic of it. Is that what we were talking about right yeah, now? Yeah, the building mechanic and then like also building traps and walls and, and different like defenses. So that's a good question. Um, so we wanted a survival game. Hmm. That's what we wanted originally. But we wanted more to it. We wanted something. We, we like, I like personally customization. I like options. I like being able to do whatever you want to do. So building was fine because now you could build your own base. Now you could build traps. Now you could build, it, you, there's a very diverse way to play this game. So you could fight with your sword, fight with your ax, fight with your hammer. You could make a wall everywhere. You could get crossbows, you could do traps. I like diversity, being able to choose how you want to play the game versus being restricted. I hate, I don't like, I like freedom because like when people play games, they want to have a fun time. They don't want to feel restricted. Like they have to go through a certain way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I, building was when we started doing building, we just kept adding and adding funner and funner stuff to do. Yeah. So as yeah. you can see for the cooking, as of right now, you cook food and when it's done, you could go up and eat it. But we're thinking about maybe making it so you could pick it up and walk around and eat with it. We're not sure yet. But yeah, right now you just eat it when you pick it up, right? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, because it's so early, we haven't had that many testers yet. Once we have more people to test the game, there's certain things that we'll be able to see like what works better, what people like more, and we could change things up. Sure. Yeah. Even in the building. Yeah. And like the timing, I, I imagine as you like, when you start to cook meat, right? That timer, that like timers for building things, those all might change just based on, on feedback and how, I guess it kind of depends on how urgent it is, right? Like 
when, when you're yeah. building things here, especially in the tutorial island, like there's not a lot of things happening. But if you're, you know, further in the game and you've got more intense waves coming and you need to build something real quick, I'm sure that there's going to be like a, a testing curve that's like, we had this set at this time, but it was too short and it wasn't hard enough for people to survive. So we made it a little longer and then maybe you make it too long and have to cut it back. That's all stuff that will come with come with time, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Because we, once we get more test, more content, and we get more tested to test all the content, things are, are going to be changing. That's yeah. That's just it. It's game development. But um, yeah, this is like the base we have, and honestly, I'm I'm happy about it. Things like the building, it's like it gets a little annoying at points because like for, for what I notice playing the game is like I'll have to move around, like I'll be building, and then like I'll be in the spot where I want to play something, so I'll have to exit out, move, build again, and then build. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's sure. annoying. Yeah. So things, things like building, we're trying to think how we could do that more effectively and nicer. Yeah. Because like I said, it's still, it's still a little, a little bit annoying. Even the navigation, like uh, the inventory, like they can't take a long time to get to me. This is people are finding annoying too. I did, like, it's annoying for the eyes. So, yeah. so we might change that too. Sure. I like the, I like initially when I, with the pulled up the menu the first time. I like the style of like zigzag, but then when I realized that there are multiple pages like left or right, I was like, oh, yeah. What do you mean by so like when you so the like when you pull up uh, when you hit like G and open up the crafting menu or hit B and open your backpack, the items are in like that. The they're in like a angled the top down top down top down yeah. little zigzag. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then when I realized there are multiple pages, I thought, I thought I was like changing, yeah. um, interfaces at first. Like I thought I was going from my backpack to like the, the crafting table. And then I realized like, yeah, oh no, yeah. there's multiple pages. So there's definitely something. Yeah. There. Yeah. It, it needs to be changed. It, yeah. It looks nice, but at the same time, it's, it's just annoying on the eyes. That's yeah. what a lot of people said. I, I do see it. Yeah, and so, maybe it's not like a big change. Maybe it's just a small like indicator or something that that makes it work. I'm I, like I said, I like the I like the way it's set up. It feels unique. I yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think once we get testers, we'll figure out how, maybe we'll make it pages, like you said. Maybe mm -hmm. that'll be a little better versus scrolling. We'll see. Yeah. What people have to say. Yeah. So this is the lobby. So how it's going to work is there's a shop where you can buy weapons, buy more structures and all that. Mm -hmm. This book is going to tell you like what structures do, information on the structures, information on the NPCs and the monsters, all that, leaderboards. And then so how this is going to work is with the progression of the game. Let's say you beat this level, now you're going to unlock a city. And in the city, there's going to be a, a new shopkeeper with more structures, more weapons. So you're as you progress through the game, not only are you unlocking maps to play game modes like survival mode, but you're also unlocking more weapons, more structures, and all that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned earlier that you liked the idea of surviving, you know, waves with friends. Is that planned yeah. for this too, to have the ability to invite friends and do this co-op? So yeah, split screen, online multiplayer, local multiplayer, that is all planned for this game. That's, awesome. that's something we definitely want. 
because like I said, like this game is gonna the quality of the game is gonna be very enhanced when you're playing with friends, for sure. So that's gonna be needed in my opinion. Yeah. So one sec, let me let me just reopen the game. Yeah. Because now I'm gonna show you the one wave and the boss. Yeah. That's awesome. What um what ideas? I'm no, I'm sure it's early. Um, what ideas do you have for like? scaling the difficulty when you add friends right because if it stays the same yeah like enemy intensity with one person versus three it's going to be a little easier to push through what are your ideas for that yeah so balancing wise we're gonna have to do that with testing with obviously people but then my options are either a we're gonna hire the hp and damage of the monsters or b we're just gonna spawn like double the monsters sure one of, one of those two when you have an extra player mm-hmm. will scale it based on We'll see like the difficulty with let's say double the monsters versus half the monsters when you have two people. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it actually fits because it's hard to it sounds in theory, it sounds like it would work. You double the monsters two people. But at the same time it might be too flooded. It might you never yeah. know how it's actually gonna play out, right? It's yeah. easy to say in your head. Yeah. But you never to know actually if it's happen, gonna stress the engine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I would think more like it's just too hard. You have to see it. It has to happen versus right. it always in theory. It's not always what it seems it's going to be. Right. So this flag, for example, make sure your mo- the monsters don't spawn in your in your base. Yeah. Because that's very annoying. Your uh, screen share just ended, by the way. Oh. <laughs> You're good. I'm, I don't I'm know why building. it happened, but it just happened. Whoops. You're good. Can you see now? Yep. So yeah, that flag that I just placed, that um, make sure the monsters don't spawn in my area. Right. So I'm gonna make a bunch of crossbows right now. Let's build this. I'm very determined to beat this boss today. <laughs> it's very annoying because like I faced him like nine times and honestly like I've only won like once or twice and sure. the other day a media person was um, doing the interview with my colleagues because I was not available but I went I looked into the interview and I watched seen he was playing it so I was watching and he beat the boss and I was so I was like really I was like he could beat it I can't like, <laughs> I beat the game <laughs> yeah it's always funny to find sure. out that like the people that make it aren't always the best at it. Uh, it's it's yeah. always great to see that stuff. It's like I felt so defeated. <laughs> <laughs> I made it, and this guy's playing it better than me. It's like oh, my first until, time playing too. <laughs> wait until you see people speed run your own game, and then you're like, that, uh, I didn't even plan for that to be the way this is played, but like. They find a way to do it, and you're like, cool, I guess. Like, that's not how I made this, but all right, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> so as you can see, you can upgrade things. So I'm going to upgrade this to a fire crossbow. There we go, two fire crossbows. And now this, when this goes to the end, the wave will commence right. of the monsters. But because I'm ready right now, I'm going to hold Z and make the monsters just spawn. Yep. Get some arrows. Okay. So 
as you can see, all the monsters, we made them have very different attack patterns and attack styles. Like this monster has a very big attack distance. Sure. And this one shoots bombs. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of... Interesting. Just to make sure that you don't want the combat to be stale. You don't want the same right. monster just to look different attacking you. That's why we have this. They all attack different. Like, these salamanders are pain. They destroy everything. Yeah. And these things, when they do attack, it's annoying because they attack like everything. They have a big area attack. Yeah. Do they, um, can they attack your like crossbows and break them? Yeah, it looks like one of them is kind of broken. Yeah, they can break the crossbows. They're right. a little bit cracked yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I see that crack, yeah. I went from a distance. I'm a, see, the, the the first time that uh, you saw the bug so far was when our call started. Now, the first time you're going to beat the boss is also going to be on this call. Like I said, I'm a good luck charm. <laughs> you got it. So this guy, this guy's a pain. So this guy you have to go up to, he shoots his spikes, and now he opens up. Now he can do damage. I can do damage to him. Oh, interesting. While he's open. Okay, yeah. Now is he closed, so now I gotta open him up again. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So this way it keeps the combat, it just keeps it fun where you don't need to, it's not, you don't want a predictable game, like I said. You want it, so you have to fight every monster differently. Sure. So yeah, this guy again. He attacks, now I can hurt him. you can attack him when he's in a shell, he'll take the, the knockback, he'll go back, but he won't take any damage. Sure. It's nice too because it's not something that, I imagine it's not something that you tutorialize, so people have to kind of figure it out on their own. And that, like you yeah. said earlier, keeps combat fresh because you're not just hitting things until they fall over. There's a couple of things that'll be like, well, you can't, you can't just hit this. You have to figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. And what we're thinking of doing, you see how I'm upgrading the structure right here? Mm -hmm. We're going to have the same thing for uh, repairing the structure, sure. too. That was, I was about to ask that question. Yeah, because someone asked that earlier on, and I was like, why didn't I think about repairing? <laughs> like, yeah, that's definitely needed. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like, why this... Small things, you just, sometimes you just don't think about, right? Sure, Until someone yeah. says it, and you're like, oh, I yeah, totally it makes sense. done that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like small things like that. Once we have testers and like even common sense things, you you just miss because there's just so much you got to worry about, right? Sometimes those small, easy common sense things you just don't think about until yeah. someone matches and you're like, oh yeah, obviously. So yeah, we're definitely gonna be adding repairing in. It's not in yet because it just did not cross my mind. All right, that's what that's what things like testing are for, so people can bring things up and you go oh you know what yep and then when you release it later yeah. you can act like it was just your idea and no one will ever know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all my idea you know yeah i uh i came up with this without needing any input because i'm a genius yeah. it's fine <laughs> and then uh, all the troll comments be like what are you talking about 
Yeah, the figured. one person who suggested it's like, well, I definitely yeah. said it once, and you said you hadn't thought of it, and you're like, stop! I'm trying to, trying to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna skip this, and this is gonna be the boss that I'm hopefully gonna beat. I have faith. Gotta get set up this. Okay. I'm gonna keep him with by the fire crossbows. Sure. Let's go back. Good dodge. I haven't hit a HP yet. I'm doing good. Oh. Don't say that. <laughs> See, you said it. <laughs> Something happened. I jinxed it. <laughs> I jinxed it. Now, does he, he have different animations as his health gets lower? I don't know. We're going to find I'm joking. Yeah, no, he does. He does an answer either in two seconds. <laughs> so, I think it's around here where he, you're going to see what happens. He just breaks apart. Ugh. I'm not gonna risk this. I'm just gonna get some HP right now. I like the crater he left when he landed. <laughs> I know. There it is. See, now he's ahead. Now, this oh, is the pain. Okay. The, uh, that. I didn't know. He just. Do you see that? Yeah, he just dashes at <laughs> Just. No, he just. See the rocks? It just came out from the water. That's a bug. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> Sometimes rocks come from underwater. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Look at it. I'm out of stand That's where this gets difficult. We gotta make this. Okay. You gotta get back to base and get some food. Yeah, this is not. This is not. Oh my god. I'm trying not to use my stand right now. Come on. Heal. It's not, it's not turning out good. Oh. I oh. had no stand up. That was, that was the issue. I know yep. if I had stand up, I would have been fine. Yep. Like you rolled out of your stamina and you were done. I need to be more conservative. <laughs> Taking notes for next time. Yeah, that's great though. The, the fight gets. A lot more difficult when he's just a floating head because he just starts yeah, right? throwing stuff at you. The rocks just like come like crazy and he starts lasering too. It's just like it's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so any questions you have about the game? Anything you want to add? Any feedback? No, I think that uh, question wise, I don't have much to, to ask that I haven't already asked. You said that you've got multiplayer plans. Um, how long do you want the the like playthrough to be because it seems like it's built to be kind of roguelike right where you play until you die and then start over well that's how survival mode or other game modes would be okay but campaign no it's going to be like for example this is the first level of the game is going to be 10 waves and then the boss sure and then the second second level of the game is going to be you're going to go to a city excuse me and then you're going to see an old man it's going to be nighttime and his house is going to be destroyed He's gonna be like, can you please 
repair my house because monsters are attacking and like I have nowhere to go. So you're gonna repair the house while fighting off waves of monsters. Once you repair the house, that's that level. So sure. all levels gonna be different in that sense. And for you said, how long is the story gonna be? Is that was that the question? Yeah, it was the how long would you plan for that to 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 last? So as of right now, we have twenty areas planned. Okay. So twenty different areas in the game where there's gonna be campaign levels. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to tell you how long because we're still freaking we're working on the first level sure so yeah. how long i can't really say that i can say there's maybe one of the six bosses there's going to be a lot of monsters there's going to be there's going to be a lot of content yeah. a lot of campaigns lengthy and on top of that then we're gonna have a lot of side things like survival mode and stuff so a lot of replayability in the game nice yeah that sounds dope and if you have 10 waves per level that can last anywhere between you know, if you skip because you're prepared, it could be quicker. But if you take your time each round, it'll go longer. So people will be able to rush through it if they want or take their time. Um, what are yeah. your uh, What are your plans for release? Do you have a, a timeline? Do you have anything in the air that you're aiming for yet? So we're aiming for early 2022. Okay. The early months. That's that's the goal. But we can guarantee it's going to be released next year. That's sure. something guaranteed. But early 2022 is the goal that's what we're hoping for nice yeah this this looks like a lot of fun i've uh, i played stardew for like a hundred hours uh last year between last year and this year i discovered that game very late um but i found out that i love that style of game so when i started this like i said my first thought was oh this person likes stardew and wanted to use some things from it uh and so i appreciate that a lot and uh yeah, yeah. if it's got all the Survival modes and the long campaign, definitely something that people will dig into. I think it looks really good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, All right. thanks for, so thanks for having me. Thank you man. for taking time out of your day to make this game. Have a great one, man. Take it easy, Adrian.